in a somewhat funky smelling room in the back of Capital One Arena after a, uh, a very funky game. The most, the most miraculous game, I believe, in the history of competitive sports. Uh, the Wizards beat the Heat 123-105, which is like a great win. The Heat are really good. And if that were it, you'd be like, oh, it's a great win. You beat a really, like a legit, really good team by 18. That's second in the East. What a, what a good win. Except uh, Jordan McRae had 29 points and had 20 at the half. Jan Mahimi had a career-high 25 points. McRae had a, a career-high eight assists as well, by the way. Uh, Jan Mahimi had a career-high 25 and had tied his career-high at halftime of 19. And Garrison Matthews had 30 points in the NBA in his entire life coming into this game. And he had 28 tonight. And it, it was amazing. Ishmith had 19. Four guys had 101 of their 123 points. Uh, I'm with Chase Hughes of NBC Sports Washington. I'm Fred Katz. Where? What? Like what? I think I begin with uh, Garrison Matthews at the free throw line in the fourth quarter getting MVP chance. He said he couldn't hear. He was on the other side of the arena. There was, I'm sure, a lot of things that he could hear because there were so many cheers and the place was so loud. But of all the unexpected things that we've seen this year, that's up there. And so is Yamahimi hitting two threes in one game and going off for like 14 points, I think, in the first nine minutes having quite clearly the best game of his Wizards career, maybe the best game of his entire NBA career, and all these things happened all in one game. So in the fourth quarter, we, sit, we have sat next to each other at every, I believe literally every single Wizards home game over the last two seasons. Yeah. And in the fourth quarter, I, I, I turned to you, and it was like the Wizards, we knew the Wizards were going to win at this point. And McRae was sitting with 20-something, and, and Matthews was hitting with 20-something. And I said something to you along the lines of, in order for this to be absolutely just insane and really reach peak absurdity, McRae and Matthews have to get to 30. And as I said that, Ishmith penetrated the lane, kicked to an open Mahimi in the corner who drained a three. And I was like, or, or that could happen. I guess. <laughs> that, was, that was out of the realm I know Yamahimi hits threes sometimes, but just in that moment, Yamahimi hitting a heat check three was just the second heat check three he attempted in that game, by the way, was was so out of the realm of absurdities to me that I didn't even name it as one of the ridiculous things that could happen to to reach peak absurdity in this game. It was hilarious. It was ridiculous. A Yamahimi check. As we, I think we may have both tweeted, but I think we might have. Um, I think I might have said that at some point. Yeah, Yamahimi has hit, um, or he had two threes in this game, and he also had some like really tough like and one conversions around the rim. Like he'd bang into Bam Adebayo and and get the bucket to go down, and also get the foul. And I think he missed one of the free throws. He ended up going. Uh, let's see, it was uh, three for eight from the line. So, I mean, he would have had. 28, 29 points if he just made his free throws. Yeah, if he makes all of them, he's, that's his 30. Yeah, right. There you go. There you go. And Jan Mihimi, like, obviously, uh, I'm, I'm cynical just like anyone else. It's his contract year, and this is by far the best he's played for the Wizards. He happened to have his the best year of his career in the 2015-16 season with the Pacers, and then he got a four-year, $64 million deal. 
Um, I don't know if he's going to get another $64 million on his next contract, but the timing is certainly good for him to be playing like this. Um, obviously, the, the door's been open because there's been center injuries on the Wizards, but he's 33 and in all likelihood playing for his NBA career, right? If he keeps this up, if he stays healthy and plays like he has so far this season, I mean, I, I would expect him to get a one-year deal from someone next year, right? Oh, he's going to be in the league for sure. Yeah. Uh He's for if I sure. told you that like two months ago, you were said, "Oh, there's no way Yami was going to be in the league, right?" Oh, he's he's for sure going to be in the league. Like, yeah. In this game, like independent of this game, this game could never happen. Like he's he's played above average defense for them. We've got we've got we've got natural sounds of, of the arena going on right now. <laughs> uh, he's played above average defense for them. He can still protect the rim. He's, uh, you know as well as I do, an extremely popular teammate. Great locker room. Greatest guy ever. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Like, but the, the contrast between, like, what Wizards fans think of him, and I, obviously the production on the court matters when you're making $64 million more than anything. But you and I, I have said it. It's like, man, if this guy was good, people would love him. You yeah. Know? Yeah. He's, he's so – everyone likes Yama Hemi. He's just one of the most popular, genuine – Dudes, you're you're going to meet, uh, and so he'll be on a team. He's 33. It it helps that like a lot of people would say, oh, he'll be a great vet for the locker room, and he can play, you know, backup center minutes and play 14 minutes, and you it's know, fine. I would say actually this debate needs to be continued. I, I don't think it's settled yet. I, I can't say for certain because Jason Smith, who now works with us at NBC Sports Washington, he's not on the team. I feel like he could probably be doing – I don't know if he could go out and give you 25 points against the second-best uh, team in the East. Look, look all I'm it's, arguing it's – tough, It's tough for big men, be, especially who are from kind of like the previous era. Yes, say. for sure. And I had a conversation with Jan after the game tonight where he even said to me, like, the, one, the thing that he is really proud of is when he hits a three <laughs> because – He's, he even called himself like a throwback big man of a different era, and he's worked really hard to develop that aspect of his game. So it feels really good to be able to put them down in games. And, like, he can hit them. Like, I, if, if he's allowed to take them, he, he, and he is, uh, he can hit them. I'm, by the way, not arguing he's going to get – I just mean, like, he'll, I think he'll get a one-year minimum somewhere and get 14 minutes a game, and that'll be it. Difference between him and, and Jason Smith is that he legitimately protects the rim still, and Jason Smith does not. And That's no true. matter no matter how pulled to the perimeter the game gets now, and no matter what the numbers, I, sh- I shouldn't even say no matter what the numbers say, the numbers do say the most efficient shot in the game is still a layup or a dunk. And if you've got somebody who can actually protect the rim at above average levels and is going to be good in the locker room and is still 33 years old and can hit an open three and can play 12 minutes for you in a pinch, be a third string center, then I think that there's a place for that guy in the league still. I don't think we're that far removed to where that guy doesn't have a spot in the league. Can we talk about Garrison Matthews, though? Well, real quick, just on Yamahimi. Yeah. Um, the fact that, like, when he got checked into the game in the fourth quarter, there's, like, a huge applause. I just find that so ironic as someone who's covered his entire career here because I just wrote a story where I did kind of superlatives for the, the Wizards in the decade, and I said he had the worst contract of the decade. And, I mean, I'm not sure how you could say anyone else had it. Like, for the Wizards, I'm saying. Four years, $64 million, It's going to go down in infamy. It's 
It's Ernie Grunfeld's biggest mistake, uh, you could argue. Either that or drafting Jan Vesely six overall. Both Jans were his two biggest mistakes. But the fact that that happened really, really struck me. And it was just, I tweeted this, it's just a weird day if you like follow all of DC sports where Bruce Allen got fired and Yamahimi's scoring 25 points and getting cheered by DC fans. Like, what a world. Yep. What a world. Should we, okay, I said can we talk about Garrison Matthews, but should we talk Garrison Matthews or Jordan McRae next? Garrison Matthews. Yeah. <laughs> the Garrison Jordan McRae did was, was great, but it wasn't nearly as unexpected. Yeah, if you told me Jordan McRae was going to go for 29 tonight, I'd be like, oh, that's, I guess that's surprising. But if you told me Jordan McRae is going to have a game this year where everybody's out and he goes for 29, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, Jordan McRae is a, is a good scorer. Uh, let's talk about Garrison Matthews, and then we'll get to Jordan McRae, and then we'll talk about if this was the most exciting game of the year. Uh, <laughs> Garrison Matthews tonight, let me read this off real quick. He played 29 minutes. He had 28 points on nine shots. And he was 12 for 13 from the free throw line because they kept fouling him. He was four for seven from three. And by the end, he was just feeling cocky. Like that last one he threw up, he got fouled on, was just a 30-footer. Like no conscience. So he let go. And I was talking to him after the game. And he told me that he doesn't think that he's a confident enough player. I was like, what are you talking about, dude? Like you just chuck them up with a hand in your face. He's like, yeah, but I still think about it a little bit. And I can't be thinking about it. And I always find the minds of shooters just amazing. Like you talk to Bertans and he is the most confident human being alive. And you talk to guys who are just shooters like that. J.J. Redick or uh, Clay Thompson or I covered Anthony Morrow in Oklahoma City. And shooters are the most confident. I think they're the most confident types of players. Because there's something about shooting where you're just like, this makes no sense that I should be able to do this. And for anybody else, this is a bad shot, but I'm throwing it up. And like, he played like that tonight. Confident, so it's like basically like the cornerback equivalent of the NBA. Where yeah. Like, I mean, you know what's interesting about shooting is like the best shooters still only make, like, what, like, 42 43% of the shots? Like, it's to the point where the Davis Bertans are, like, you... And, and Garrison Matthews kind of reminded us of, of Bertans tonight with the way that three-point barrage, especially in the first half, where he just, like, was basically unconscious. But you still fail most of the time. So it's almost like if that's what you do best, you have to be, like, overconfident because you have to forget the misses so quickly. You yeah. Know? Just kind of like if you're an, if you're an NFL cornerback and you get beat on a touchdown, you got to still be the most confident guy on the field that you're going to stop the next time you're guarding that wide receiver. We talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side to the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things he can do for his body and his mind. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at Calm.com. That's C-A-L-M dot C-O-M slash wizards. Unlock content to help fo- help you focus 
ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com. That's C-A-L-M dot C-O-M slash wizards. That's calm.com slash wizards. It's it's just funny to watch. I It's really interesting with these guys, the wizards are just kind of plugging in. And you watch them and, and not consistently and not every night, but you just see like how good these fringe NBA players are and how they can just come out. And you know what? The Wizards have done a good job identifying the right ones. Gary Payton has come in. He had three more steals tonight, by the way. He's got 18 steals in four games with the Wizards. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Gary, Gary Payton's been good for them. Uh, you look at the guys who have just kind of come on to the edge of the roster. Garrison Matthews, the two-way guy, has his, has his huge moment tonight. Uh, Jordan McRae was a guy last year who they, you know, kind of just teetered on the edge of the roster and never really used. And this year gets an opportunity and is really taking advantage of it. Uh, the guys who are just coming in and, and shouldn't be really anything uh, come out and Garrison Matthews goes for 28. And it's just like they have useful NBA skills. It's, it's props to the Wizards for identifying that kind of stuff. That's a... It's a good skill to have to be able to find talent to help on your margins. But also, it's just a great reminder of, like, these guys who aren't in the NBA are often good enough to be, like, the top guys not in the NBA are often good enough to be in the NBA. And whether or not they make it in the NBA just has so much to do with context and fit and, and honestly, luck. Like, I if you talk to people in, like, you know, you talk to Tommy Shepard, he'll tell you the 60 worst players in the NBA and the 60 best players outside the NBA, it's just not that much of a difference in terms of talent. So much of it is just fit and situation and opportunity. And like Garrison Matthews, another great example of that tonight. Gary Payton, another great example of that, you know? Yeah, in the G League, the proliferation of it will will help the players on that bubble, you know, in the past, you know, 10 years ago, there was much less of an opportunity for guys like that to show what they can do in front of NBA talent evaluators. Obviously the European leagues and international leagues have been around for a while. You can make money overseas, but now there's just more exposure and, and a more of an opportunity to develop, I think with NBA playbooks and the wizards, they're having a G league team has this farm system, not only of players that are developing, but Anzish uh, Pesechnik said this when he came up is, you know, he's running the exact same place. So when he comes up, there's just no second guessing of what he has to do on the floor. He knows exactly what to do, offense and defense. Now, probably there's going to be some differences because, uh, you know, when Bradley Beal's playing, obviously you're calling more plays for him than you would uh, Chris Chioza on the go-go or Garrison Matthews on the go-go. But I think it's made things much more seamless. And, when it comes to the Wizards getting this win with all these guys from the go-go, I think it's quite clearly their most impressive win of the year. Like, they've had some upsets. I thought their win the other day against the Knicks, uh, considering all the injuries they had, was up there with the, the upset of the Sixers earlier this season, which I think up until this point was their most impressive win of the season. But I think this tops it given the circumstances with all the injuries and the opponent. Miami's very, very good. And I would also say uh, with Tommy Shepard finding all these players – um, you know, you look across the court at the Miami Heat and they've got Jimmy Butler, who's kind of like their Bradley Beal, but they've also got a lot of young guys and a lot of young guys that they found kind of out of nowhere. Kendrick Nunn has been a revelation. He wasn't even drafted, right? Yeah. As a rookie this year. And uh, 
Duncan Robinson was an undrafted two-way player, sort of like a Garrison Matthews, who was just a shooter. He's about the same size. Three. Well, he uh, he he transferred into Michigan, right? But yeah. he he went to Williams. Yeah, right. Like right, he played right. in Neskak. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess it's kind of like if Garrison Matthews played at Lipscomb and then transferred somewhere else. But he yeah. is the first NBA player ever from his school, so he did come from relative obscurity. But it's kind of like the same size player, shooter. He's just developed and developed and developed. Now he's a key piece of the uh, the Miami Heat. I think he's shooting 46% from three on seven and a half attempts a game. I don't know. If Matthews can shoot this well, he might be able to carve out an NBA career. Yeah. Shooting is, is big. You want to talk about relative obscurity? So after the game... I went on Twitter. I was like, I don't think I have Garrison. I have a, a Twitter list with like all the Wizards players and relevant Wizards follows and all that. And I realized, I don't think I have Garrison Matthews on the list. I was like, man, how funny is that? That Garrison Matthews has been so out of my mind for the most part that I didn't even have him on my Twitter list. So I put him on my Twitter list. And when I went to go get it, I saw not only is he unverified on Twitter, but he has 1,800 followers. <laughs> Like, talk about relative obscurity. Like, he has fewer followers than any person covering the team. Yeah. Like, it's just it's just wild that a guy can go from that to 28 in a game. And, like, I'm not saying he's going to average 28 a game. Obviously not. But, like, have it look real. Yeah. It, it looked like a real thing. Like, he was making shots that if he played consistently, he would take those shots, you know? Well, I mean uh... – he outplayed Tyler Hero tonight, uh, just for, as a comparison. That guy has been a really impressive rookie for the Miami Heat. And he had six points and was two for seven from the field. Uh, the Wizards just did a good job defensively against him. Um, Lips, uh, when it comes to Garrison Matthews on Twitter, though, you will find Lipscomb has a bit of a Twitter army. I don't know if you've been exposed to it, but if, but if you write about Garrison Matthews or tweet a video of him, th- they'll come out of the woodwork. Uh, it's surprising, to be honest. <laughs> That is shocking. <laughs> shocking. Uh, I think this is the most – you said it was the best one of the year. Is this the most fun game of the year? I think it comes down to this and the 159-158 the Houston game, which were, like, fun for the same reason. They were just – you kind of thought you were going to the arena and you were going to see a blowout and go home. And then you were like, oh, my God, this is – Ridiculous! What just happened? This is just—it was fun for absurdist reasons. You know? I, I think this one was more fun uh, because we saw offense, but also defense. You know, the Wizards <laughs> held the, the Heat to 105 points, and like I said, Tyler Hero didn't have that great of a game. Um, but also that the game against the Rockets was like fun for me, 159, 158, like watching it. But I was also trying to pay attention to Game Seven of the World Series, which was right. going on at the same time. So uh, that was that's what I'll remember about that night, like watching this unbelievable, like scoring basketball game. Obviously, you know it wasn't, it was very one sided in that regard. And then also trying to pay attention to like one of the biggest events in this town's sports history. Quick minute on Jordan McRae. Jordan McRae went for twenty nine tonight. He was a plus twenty five. I mean. What's what's so funny is like you look at the bench and the bench they had eighty bench points franchise record and the bench just destroyed too like it wasn't just the points Garrison Matthews was plus twenty two and and Passage Knicks was plus was plus sixteen and Ish was plus twenty four and McRae was plus twenty five uh, you go to um, McRae. 29 points, career-high 8 assists, career-high 6 three-point makes. He comes out in the second half after a 20-point half 
and they're trapping him, like aggressively trapping him on pick and rolls. And I asked Jordan McRae if he had ever been defended that, you know, I say like, I'm sure that's happened in the G League, but have you ever been defended like that in an NBA game? Uh, and he didn't even answer if he had ever been defended like that in an NBA game, I think because the answer was quite obviously no. <laughs> and then said, yeah, I think Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler coming at you at the same time is a little different than a couple G-leaguers coming yeah. for you. <laughs> and uh, I think he, he made an accurate point there. He looked slow at the beginning, getting rid of the ball on those. Uh, but he seemed to be a little more comfortable come the fourth quarter doing it because I'm sure he's like, he's just never been trapped by two guys that good in his entire life. He's just never done. I'm sure he was surprised. And I think it shows something about the league. I don't think it's just Jordan McRae is hot and trap him. And I don't think it's just like there's nobody else on the floor with him who's going to make a play, so just get it out of his hands. Jordan McRae is now 49 from the field, 49 from three, and 80 from the line. And he's averaging 21 points per 36 minutes this year. I think Jordan McRae is a pretty solid bench scorer. Like, I think he, he we talked about if Jan is going to stick in the league. Like, Jordan McRae has never had a situation where it's been like he is an NBA player. This is his first one where he's consistently in a rotation on a team. And if he plays like this, he's, he's been hurt and missed time and whatever. But if the numbers, if he shoots 40 from three, if he continues playing extremely efficient basketball and scores 21 per 36 in 18 to 20 minutes a night, that's, that's, a, that's a bench player. Like that's a, real, that's a real bench player who doesn't have to go back to Europe next year. For sure. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the, uh, the injuries because he has dealt with them this year. He's tried to play with a splint on, his, on the ring finger on his shooting hand. And uh, the last game... Took it off mid-game. I could. I, I didn't pay attention to whether he had it on tonight. I'm assuming he didn't because he played so well. Because I think he started one for ten last game, took it off, and then had that 16-point fourth quarter. But we've now seen him for two years. And last year, obviously, he was in this like weird entanglement with the two-way contract. And he's had some injuries. And last year, obviously, there was more depth, so he didn't get the same amount of minutes. But I've seen enough from this guy to know that he is a reliable bench scorer. And... He can do it in such a natural way that it kind of is reminiscent of a Lou Williams or a Jamal Crawford, where it's just like, it seems like the guy for, for, he just like came out the wounds, you know, scoring baskets, like on a basketball court. Like it's, he's not the most athletic guy. He's not, he doesn't really play above the rim, but he's just got this natural ability to put the ball in the hoop. And as I was watching him tonight, I was thinking in those terms, like I've seen enough where this guy can consistently score off the bench on a bad team. And I'd love to see him, what he can do in big games. I'd love to see if he could play that role on a playoff team. Yeah. Because, like, he, he has a ring technically, but I think he was, like, the 15th guy. Yeah, like legit the roster. 15th guy. Yeah. yeah. And, like, last year there could have been an opportunity where he would have been the backup shooting guard, but it never really developed for a, a million different reasons. I don't know if, if he ends up playing well enough where they, a contender wants to trade for him. Obviously, the track record's not very long. It's not like Bertans where we were wondering, you know, would a contender trade you something? Would anyone offer anything that's worth considering? I don't know. But I'd love to see him, whether it's for this franchise or another team, like as that seventh or eighth man, you know, in playoff games. Could he change playoff games coming off the bench? Could he 
could he score against some of the better teams and the better defenses in big games? Because I've seen I've seen him pass this level. If this was like a video game, he's passed this level. I'd love to, I'd love to see what Jordan McRae is capable of because he's still 28, I think. Yeah. Th- th- there's definitely potential for him to carve out a long NBA career. So you know it's funny. Whenever, often when I go on the radio, and I like do like you know a seven minute hit, they'll ask you like the generic radio questions. I think the most common question I get asked, whether it's after a practice or after a game, so what was the environment with the team like last night? What was the environment like at practice? And my answer is always the same snarky crap. So I was like, I don't know, exactly the same as it always is. Like, because I think people who aren't there every day don't realize 98% of the time, it's the same. It's the same as when you go into your job you're nine to five and you go in in the morning and somebody said to you, what was the environment at the cubicle today like? And you're like, I don't know, like literally the same as it is every day. And that's pretty much it. Tonight is the 2% where I'd be like, that was a different locker room tonight. Guys were mm-hmm. giddy. Yeah. Guys were super giddy. Uh, so I just thought that was notable. Everybody, not that normally they're, I mean, this isn't a bad locker room. It's not like last year where it's, where it's stuffy and stuff. But tonight, guys, everybody in that locker room was just pumped for those three dudes. Because uh, those are especially, you know, Garrison hasn't really been with them and has been with the G League and all that. But especially Jordan and Jan are very popular teammates. Everybody in that locker room likes Jordan McRae. And everybody in that locker room likes Jan. Absolutely. Um, they've been pleasure They've been a pleasure to cover both those guys. They're like two of the nicest, nicer players you'll encounter uh, in the NBA. And you kind of you know when the locker room is different when the floor's wet, like it was tonight. Yeah. And uh, I noticed it. And uh, Candace Buckner of the Washington Post ended up asking the question, but um, it was a night that uh, was good enough for Garrison Matthews. Where and the video's now on Twitter. The Wizards tweeted it out where all the players made a circle and just doused him in. Uh, in water, um, which is just kind of like the, it's you know it's something like high school teams do. It's like such a uh, wholesome way to celebrate a good game. I remember Thomas Adaransky got it last year when he mm-hmm. had a triple double. Usually it's when something's very unexpected, uh, especially from a guy on kind of the fringe of the roster like a Garrison Matthews. So it, I've only seen it. I've, I've been covering the Wizards. I think this is my fourth year. I've only seen it happen like three times. So that's how kind of special this night was for for Garrison Matthews. Anything, uh, anything to plug before we go of your own? No, uh, I just want to uh, say I'm 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 thankful for the Wizards giving us going out with a bang, you know, in in 2019 because this year I'm sure there's a lot of Wizards fans out there who've watched every game or a lot of games just like we have, and when you have nights like this, it it just makes it more fun. Save the best for the end of the decade. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, That is it for tonight. I will be back on, I guess this will be up on Tuesday morning. Uh, I'm doing a post-game show after the game on Wednesday against the Magic. That's going to be a subscription show behind the paywall. If you are listening to this on the free episode, you can subscribe to The Athletic and get the behind the paywall episode. Uh, If you just go to theathletic.com slash wizards after dark, you can get 40% off. On your subscription, you can go on and subscribe on iTunes. Otherwise, if you're listening on the Athletic app and you can get everything there, leave a review, five stars. The, the rating helps. The, 
the review always helps and that kind of stuff. And you can do that on iTunes. Uh, I will have a story up on whatever the hell we just watched tonight, tomorrow. Uh, and uh, I'll be back on Wednesday. I'll talk to you guys then.